0: Part 8. Master Martin the Cooper and his Journeyman. Section 6. From Weird Tales by E. T. A. Hoffman. Translated by J. T. Beelby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part 8. Master Martin the Cooper and his Journeyman. Section 6 meanwhile Reinhold and frederick had finished setting up their cask and were now busy driving on the first hoops whilst doing this they were always in the habit of striking up a song and on this occasion they began a good song in adam pushmann's then Conrad, that was the name of the new journeyman shouted across from the bench where master martin had placed him by my troth what squalling do you call that i could fancy i hear mice squeaking somewhere about the shop and you mean to sing at all sing so that it will cheer the heart and make the work go down well that's how i sing a bit now and again and he began to bellow out a noisy hunting ditty with its holas and hoy boys and he imitated the yelping of the hounds and the shrill shouts of the hunters in such a clear keen stentorian voice that the huge casks rang again and all the workshop echoed master martin held his hands over his ears and dame martha's valentine's widow little boys who were playing in the shop crept timorously behind the piled-up staves Just at this moment Rose came in, amazed, nay, frightened at the terrible noise. It could not be called singing, anyhow. As soon as Conrad observed her, he at once stopped, and leaving his bench he approached her and greeted her with the most polished grace. Then he said in a gentle voice, whilst an ardent fire gleamed in his bright brown eyes, Lovely lady, what a sweet rosy light shone into this humble workman's hut, when you came in oh and had i but perceived you sooner i had not outraged your tender ears with my wild hunting ditty. then turning to master martin and the other journeymen he cried oh do stop your abominable knocking and rattling as long as this gracious lady honors us with her presence let mallets and drivers rest let us only listen to her sweet voice and with bowed head hearken to what she may command us her humble servants Reinhold and frederick looked at each other utterly amazed but master martin burst out laughing and said well conrad it is now plain that you are the most ridiculous donkey who ever put on apron first you come here and want to break everything to pieces like an uncultivated giant then you bellow in such a way as to make our ears tingle and as a fitting climax to all your foolishness you take my little daughter rose for a lady of rank and act like a love-smitten yunker conrad replied coolly your lovely daughter i know very well my worthy master martin but i tell you that she is the most peerless lady who treads the earth and if heaven grant it she would honour the very noblest of yunkers by permitting him to be her paladin and faithful knightly love master martin held his sides and it was only by giving vent to his laughter in hums and haws that he prevented himself from choking as soon as he could at all speak he stammered good very good my most excellent youth you may continue to regard my daughter as a lady of high rank i shall not hinder you but irrespective of that will you have the goodness to go back to your bench Conrad stood as if spellbound his eyes cast down upon the ground and rubbing his forehead he said in a low voice ay it is so and did as he was bidden rose as she always did in the shop sat down upon a small cask which frederick placed for her and which reinholdt carefully dusted at master martin's expressed desire they again struck up the admirable song in which they had been so rudely interrupted by conrad's bluster but he went on with his work at the bench quite still and entirely wrapped up in his own thoughts when the song came to an end master martin said heaven has endowed you with a noble gift my brave lads you would not believe how highly i value the delectable art of song why once i wanted to be a meister myself but i could not manage it even though i tried all i knew how all that i gained by my efforts was ridicule and mockery involuntary singing i either got into false appendages or double notes or a wrong measure or an unsuitable embellishment or started the wrong melody altogether but you will succeed better and it shall be said what the master can't do his journeyman can next sunday after the sermon there will be a singing contest by the meistersinger at the usual time in st catherine's church but before the principal singing there will be a voluntary in which you may both of you win praise and honour in your beautiful art for any stranger who can sing at all may freely take part in this and he conrad my journeyman conrad cried master martin across to the bench would not you also like to get into the singing desk and treat our good folk to your fine hunting chorus without looking up conrad replied mock not good master mock not everything in its place whilst you are being edified by the meistersinger i shall enjoy myself in my own way on the allerwiese and what master martin anticipated came to pass Reinhold got into the singing desk and sang divers songs to divers tunes with which all the meistersingers were well pleased and although they were of opinion that the singer had not made any mistake yet they had a slight objection to urge against him a sort of something foreign about his style but yet they could not say exactly in what it consisted soon afterwards frederick took his seat in the singing-desk and doffing his beretta he stood some seconds looking silently before him then after sending a glance at the audience which entered lovely rose's bosom like a burning arrow and caused her to fetch a deep sigh he began such a splendid song in heinrich frauenlob's that all the masters agreed with one accord there was none amongst them who could surpass the young journeyman the singing-school came to an end towards evening and master martin in order to finish off the day's enjoyment and proper style betook himself in high good-humour to the Allervisa along with rose the two journeymen Reinhold and frederick were permitted to accompany them rose was walking between them frederick radiant with delight at the master's praise and intoxicated with happiness ventured to breathe many a daring word in rose's ear which she however casting down her eyes in maidenly coyness pretended not to hear rather she turned to Reinholdt, who according to his wont was running on with all sorts of merry nonsense nor did he hesitate to place his arm in rose's whilst even at a considerable distance from the allerwiese they could hear noisy shouts and cries arrived at the place where the young men were amusing themselves in all kinds of games partly chivalric they heard the crowd shout time after time one again one again he's the strongest again nobody can compete with him master martin on working his way through the crowd perceived that it was nobody else but his journeyman Conrad who was reaping all this praise and exciting the people to all this applause he had beaten everybody in racing and boxing and throwing the spear as martin came up conrad was shouting out and inquiring if there was anybody who would have a merry bout with him with blunt swords this challenge several stout young patricians well accustomed to this species of pastime stepped forward and accepted but it was not long before Conrad had again without much trouble or exertion overcome all his opponents and the applause at his skill and strength seemed as if it would never end the sun had set the last glow of evening died away and twilight began to creep on apace master martin with rose and the two journeymen had thrown themselves down beside a babbling spring of water Reinhold was telling of the wonders of distant italy but frederick quiet and happy had his eyes fixed on pretty rose's face then conrad drew near with slow hesitating steps as if rather undecided in his own mind whether he should join them or not master martin called to him come along conrad come along come along you have borne yourself bravely on the meadow that's what i like in my journeymen and it's what becomes them don't be shy lad come and join us you have my permission conrad cast a withering glance at his master who however met it with a condescending nod then the young journeyman said moodily i am not the least bit shy of you and i have not asked your permission whether i may lie down here or not in fact i have not come to you at all all my opponents i have stretched in the sand in the merry nightly sports and all i now wanted was to ask this lovely lady whether she would not honour me with the beautiful flowers she wears in her bosom as the prize of the chivalric contest therewith he dropped upon one knee in front of rose and looked her straight and honestly in the face with his clear brown eyes and he begged oh give me those beautiful flowers sweet rose as the prize of victory you cannot refuse me that rose at once took the flowers from her bosom and gave them to him laughing and saying i i know right well that a brave knight like you deserves a token of honour from a lady and so here you may have my withered flowers conrad kissed the flowers that were given him and then fastened them in his beretta but master martin rising to his feet cried there is another of your silly tricks come let us be going home it is getting dark herr martin strode on first conrad with modest courtly grace took rose's arm whilst Reinhold and frederick followed them considerably out of humour people who met them stopped and turned round to look after them saying mary look now look that's the rich cooper thomas martin with his pretty little daughter and his stout journeyman a fine set of people i call them of dame martha's conversation with rose about the three journeymen conrad's quarrel with master martin generally it is the morning following a holiday when young girls are wont to enjoy all the pleasure of it and taste it and thoroughly digest it and this after celebration they seem to like far better than the actual holiday itself and so next morning pretty rose sat alone in her room with her hands folded on her lap and her head bent slightly forward in meditation her spindle and embroidery meanwhile resting probably she was now listening to Reinhold's and frederick's songs and now watching conrad cleverly gaining the victory over his competitors and now she saw him coming to her for the prize of victory and then she hummed a few lines of a pretty song and then she whispered do you want my flowers whereat a deeper crimson suffused her cheeks and brighter glances made their way through her downcast eyelashes and soft sighs stole forth from her inmost heart then dame martha came in and rose was delighted to be able to tell at full length all that had taken place in st catherine's church and on the aller when rose had done speaking dame martha said smiling oh so now dear rose you will soon have to make your choice between your three handsome lovers for god's sake burst out rose quite frightened and flushing hotly all over her face for mercy's sake dame martha what do you mean by that i three lovers don't take on so went on dame martha don't take on in that way dear rose as if you knew nothing as if you could guess nothing why where do you put your eyes girl you must be quite blind not to see that our journeymen reinholdt frederick and conrad yes all three of them are madly in love with you what a fancy to be sure dame martha whispered rose holding her hands before her face then dame martha knelt down before her and threw her arm about her saying come my pretty bashful child take your hands away and look me straight in the eyes and then tell me that you have not long ago perceived that you fill both the heart and the mind of each of our journeymen deny that if you can nay i tell you you can't do it and it would in faith be a truly wonderful thing if a maiden's eyes did not see a thing of that sort why when you go into the shop their eyes are off their work and flying across to you in a minute and they bustle and stir about with new life and Reinhold and frederick begin their best songs and even wild conrad grows quiet and gentle each tries to invent some excuse to approach nearer to you and when you honour one of them with a sweet look or a kindly word how his eyes sparkle and his face flushes come now my pet is it not nice to have such handsome fellows all making love to you but whether you will choose one of the three or which it will be that i cannot indeed say for you are good and kind to them all alike and yet and yet but i must not say more now and you come to me and say o dame martha give me your advice to which of these young men who are all wanting me shall i give my hand and heart then i should of course answer if your heart does not speak out loudly and distinctly it's this or it's that why then let all three of them go i must say Reinhold pleases me right well and so does frederick and so does conrad and then again on the other hand i have something to say against each of them in fact dear rose when i see them working away so bravely i always think of my poor valentine and i must say that if he could not perhaps produce any better work there was yet quite a different kind of swing and style in all that he did do you could see all his heart was in his work but with these young fellows it always seems to me as if they only worked so so as if they had in their hearts different things altogether from their work nay it almost strikes me as if it were a burden which they have voluntarily taken up and were now bearing with sturdy courage of them all i can get on best with frederick he's such a faithful affectionate fellow he is the one who seems to belong to us most i understand all that he says and then his love for you is so still and as shy as a good child's he hardly dares to look at you and blushes if you only say a single word to him and that's what i like so much in the dear lad a tear seemed to glisten in rose's eye as dame martha said this she stood up and turning to the window said i like frederick very much but you must not pass over Reinhold contemptuously i never dreamt of doing so replied dame martha for reinholdt is by a long way the handsomest of all and what eyes he has and when he looks you through and through with his bright glances no it's more than you can endure and yet there's something so strange and peculiar in his character it quite makes me shiver at times and makes me quite afraid of him when reinholdt is working in the shop i should think herr martin when he tells him to do this or do that must always feel as i should if anybody were to put a bright pan in my kitchen all glittering with gold and precious stones and should bid me use it like any ordinary common pan why i should hardly dare to touch it at all he tells his stories and talks and talks and it all sounds like sweet music and you are quite carried away by it but when i sit down to think seriously about what he has been saying i find i haven't understood a single word and then when he now and again jests in the way we do and i think now he's just like us then all at once he looks so distinguished that i get really afraid of him and yet i can't say that he puffs himself up in the way that many of our yunkers or patricians do no it's something else altogether different in a word it strikes me by my troth as if he held intercourse with higher spirits as if he belonged in fact to another world conrad is a wild overbearing fellow and yet there is something confoundedly distinguished about him as well it doesn't agree with a cooper's apron somehow and he always acts as if nobody but he had to give the orders and as if the others must obey him in the short time that he has been here he has got so far that when he bellows at master martin in his loud ringing voice his master generally does what he wishes but at the same time he is so good-natured and so thoroughly honest that you can't bear ill-will against him rather i must say that in spite of his wildness i almost like him better than i do Reinholdt. for even if he does speak fearfully grand you can yet understand him very well i wager he has once been a campaigner he may say what he likes that's why he knows so much about arms and has even got something of nice ways about him which doesn't suit him at all badly now do tell me rose dear without any ifs and ands which of the three journeymen you like best don't ask me such searching questions dear dame martha answered rose but of this i am quite sure that Reinhold does not stir up in me the same feelings that he does in you it's perfectly true too that he is altogether different from his equals and when he talks I could fancy I enter into a beautiful garden full of bright and magnificent flowers and blossoms and fruits such as are not to be found on earth, and i like to be amongst them. Since Reinhold has been here, I see many things in a different light, and lots of things that were once dim and formless in my mind are now so bright and clear that I can easily distinguish them. Dame Martha rose to her feet, and shaking her finger at rose as she went out of the room said ah ah rose so reinholdt is the favourite then i didn't think it i didn't even dream it rose made answer. she accompanied her as far as the door pray dear dame martha think nothing dream nothing but leave all to the future what it brings is the will of god and to that everybody must bow humbly and gratefully End of part eight, section six, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.